Okay, Dax. Do you like Dax? Dags. What? Yeah, Dags. Dags? Do you like Dags? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like Dags. I like caravans more. You're very welcome. Right, sports fans, here we go. All seminars in Wichita Falls. Next one up, August 13th through the 15th, and then October 15th through the 17th. For camps coming up, we do have a coaching development camp covering how to coach the squat and the deadlift in Orlando at the end of June. That's June 27th. Then we have a self-sufficient lifter camp on July 10th in Wichita Falls covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Then a couple squat camps coming up, May 29th in Orlando and June 19th in Houston at Starting Strength Houston. And then finally, our first ever Olympic lifting camp with a couple spots left covering the snatch as well as the clean and jerk. That'll be in Denver at Starting Strength Denver. All the usual meets in Omaha going on, and we still have spots left for our classic Olympic lifting meet in Wichita Falls on July 24th, where we've added the clean and press to the snatch as well as the clean and jerk. Starting Strength Gyms continue to open locations, and we are looking for talent. If you've ever thought about becoming a professional coach, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the coaching tab. If you get to become part of the organization, you may get to meet Ray Gillenwater. Ray Gillenwater, a man so manly that when he got in touch with his feminine side, he got it pregnant. And as usual, for any information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas. From the finest mind in the modern fitness industry. The one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession. The most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Well, look at you. You're here at, at at Starting Strength Radio on this Friday. Look at you. You're a good boy. You're a good little girl. You're doing what you're supposed to do because people who told you to do it have authority over you and told you to do it and you did it, so you're good. <laughs> you see the billboards that these guys are putting up in Tennessee? No. You didn't see that? What does it say? It says uh fill up your car your no, no, trash bags with gasoline. Says, no, no, it doesn't say <laughs> fill up your tra- your Walmart bags with gasoline. It says uh 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 take off your mask, you're just prolonging the agony or some kind of shit like that. <laughs> Your compliance is prolonging the disaster. Take off your mask. Quit being a fucking pussy and take off your mask. Where is this in Tennessee? Tennessee. Some private organization in Tennessee put it up. Yeah, fucking Walmart, man. Walmart bags for gas. Did you actually see that video? I saw pictures. I saw people filling. I've seen pictures of filling totes, like, you know, the little plastic totes with with gas. Like, it's still going to be in the tote when it gets home. Yeah, you do understand gas eats shit up. Not only that, but it also... Walmart bags are not even very good at holding Brussels sprouts. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You fill it up with gasoline. This stupid woman is, is, you know, it's an 85 IQ person. She's out there filling this goddamn thing up. She gets it about halfway full, then you can see her stop and think to herself... 
well, how am I going to close this? Right. <laughs> So she, she starts looking around, and she and then she looks. She gets another bag, and she tries to pick that one up and set it inside the other bag. And then the video stops. Apparently, the station blew up or That's something. Great. That's great. What the fuck? Good. I mean, <laughs> oh my it's god! It's also a good idea to have a trunk full of gas fumes. You know, trunk full of gasoline sloshing around and yep. just. You know, dripping out the little, right. and then her husband comes up with a cigarette because <laughs> they all the trunk, smoke. All those people smoke. Wham! That's who smokes. Done. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we're locked down to thirteen percent of the population that smokes. Guess who those are? <laughs> <laughs> These people right here. <laughs> oh God. So let's hear from you smokers, shall we? On comments from the haters. Oh, yes. Here's some guy. Says, you're one stake away from a stroke. There's a sophisticated analysis of the relationship between saturated fat and yep. heart disease. Yep. Right. Here's some guy with a Eastern European name, Filipovich. Or maybe he's Filipino. Oh, yeah, Filipovich, definitely. You think that's <laughs> yeah, Filipino? Filipino. Yep. I mean, Philly. It's usually Rodriguez, Gonzalez. <laughs> Filipovich. Because the Spanish conquered the right. Philippines yep. and just beat the piss out of all the little people in the yep. Philippines. They until said, you guys they look like Mexicans. Take the knee. <laughs> take the knee. You look like Mexicans enough to take the knee. So the Spanish, you know. But see, we get, Americans are the colonial power, right? Okay. Why does nobody in that gym look like they lift ha, 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 because the last letter in that was a H. <laughs> I swear to God, let me preface this by saying this is in reference to the video Brent Carter made about stop making your shins bleed during the deadlift. So right. this guy, Jake Richards, says, I swear to God, starting strength personnel don't have two brain cells to rub together. Because... Jake apparently thinks it's a good thing to make your shins bleed when you've done this. He didn't clarify that statement with why. He's not capable of clarifying the statement because he's bottom 3%. Exactly. He doesn't understand what he's typing. Right. Can you just think about this for just a second? You understand what an achievement it is that this idiot is actually able to use a keyboard? Think about that. That's pretty high-level shit for a guy of this level of intelligence. There is punctuation spelling? There is no punctuation. And then to type something like that with full confidence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolute confidence. I'm going to tell this Ripito fat fuck what I think. What I think. Right and, now. And he'll, of course, understand that I am of the superior intellect. All right. So here's a good one from someone by the name of Levi... 
Vegin. Oh, good. <laughs> How does someone so fat think they have the right health advice? Have I ever said anything about health advice? Have I, have I uttered the word health? Well, you same know, guy. Hey, same guy. All right. When fat guys tell you about health, once again, boom, and censor comments from the haters. So I've censored We've him. We've never censored a comment from the haters. Well, I'm reading his. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I would trust their propaganda. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you're fat. <laughs> And then, after that statement, he says, are you obese? Dude, you're fat. Are you obese? Stop giving health advice. Man. Levi Vegin. Sounds like lack of iron in B12. All right. Okay. All right. Here's here's a (laughs) highly intelligent individual by the name of Joe Winyard who says, about bend over when you squat, bending over when you squat from an on-the-platform video that he has apparently just now seen. Yep. That was done, what, two, three years ago? Oh, more than that. Long time ago. <clears throat> yep. Tell that to an Olympic weightlifter. <laughs> They're some of the strongest squatters on earth. <laughs> There's more than one way to skin a cat. Well, Joe, Joe, my friend, Olympic weightlifters are not some of the strongest squatters on earth at all. At all. Now, a few of them are pretty strong squatters, but you know who the strongest squatters on earth are? They're the guys that squat in competition, and we call them power lifters, and they bend over. There's more than one way to skin a cat. That's I love that. No, there's not. <laughs> there's one way to skin a cat. And if you're real smart, step one is kill the cat. <laughs> Don't try to skin the cat without the cat being dead. That doesn't work out well. And then the rest of it, you just jerk the skin off the cat. Much easier once it's dead. Just, you know, one way. All right, here is... a. Something this is interesting. Keep adding weight until you hurt yourself. Then accept the fact that you're going to be in pain the rest of your life and ask yourself if you want to be strong and in pain or weak and in pain. Philosophy and wisdom of lark, dip, and blow. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, what do you. What do you. <laughs> All right, and the last one, of course, the traditional. Ripito should just stick to what he knows. Yes. Strength training, <laughs> and he's good at that. The rest, eh, that's spelled E-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H. It's the big brain version of meh. I hope I, <laughs> yeah, meh, meh, meh. I hope I pronounced that correctly. 
there's some patterns. You know, we've got you're fat. I'm fat. There is uh, stick, stick to, to your you know. stay in your lane. Stick stay in to your lane, you know. rip a toe. Stay in your lane. There is you can't possibly know anything about anything other than one thing. Right. Yep. And uh, what's the other? Uh, the pink thing. Pink, know. fat. That well, that's song. a version of fat, though. Yeah, that's it is. It's a version of fat. Um, we, you know why we haven't heard anything about pink in a while? Oh, uh, uh, yes. Because, because now, if they say pink, they're selling shirts for us. Yeah, that's true. And that's capitalism. Yeah, that's true. And we can't have that shit. Make money for Ripito? <laughs> Let that fucker starve to death. And then he'll lose weight and not be fat. Right? And that's, of course, this week's comments, comments. From, from the haters. The you lame-ass motherfuckers. God, buddy. Are you sure we have to keep doing this? People it's so it. frustrating to deal with these fucking idiots. See, if you how would you like? This is me like working at the state hospital. How would you like to work out at the state hospital and have to deal with people who eat their own shit? Pay me enough. Every fucking day. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you it'd be the same goddamn thing. If you let it irritate you, then they win. <laughs> I can't have that. You've got to smear the shit. You let them smear the shit. Can't have that, can we? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. This little interesting thing showed up. Where'd I get this? I don't know. You Somewhere on. Office, I'm the one that got it. Why am I threw asking it on you? The desk and, and walked away. You just took the survey. All right. This is uh this is from the YMCA of Greater Cleveland. No 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 YWCA. WCA. WCA. Eliminating racism, empowering women. YWCA Greater Cleveland. You know, I remember back when they had basketball courts, even at the YWCA, and they played sports and you know helped kids get their heads out of their ass. And I stuff. went to summer camp at the YMCA. I, years. Yeah, I went to YMCA stuff all my life. Yep. You know, there's t three of them here in Wichita Falls. This is the YWCA. They weren't ever as successful because of shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> They've always been just a little irrelevant, <laughs> you know. Self-assessment. This is a list. Uh, it's got to be a hundred things on here. Yeah, I didn't count it, but there's there's eighty or ninety privilege. items. Self-assessment. How privileged are you? And this is so important to understand. So the instructions are to check off all the statements that apply to you. More checks, more privilege. So if you check it, if this is if this is you, right, then you, that's a, that's a point of privilege. And Very well stated, Rip. A point of privilege. A point of privilege. 
And the, the hilarious thing is, is that uh, Nick and Carmen and Bree uh, subjected themselves to this stupidity. We had a great time yesterday. We had a great time. Oh, I bet you did. Uh, and Found out some some surprising things though. The the most surprising thing is the most privileged person in the whole gang is Carmen. Carmen, old rich white woman. A rich elderly white elderly. woman. Elderly, I didn't say elderly. She, Fuck. She's gonna love that. <laughs> she's gonna love that. Well, you said old. I, I didn't, didn't say, say elderly. Old. There's a difference between old and elderly. No, I, yeah, there is. Two more syllables. <laughs> right? Right? That's that's the difference. That's a, like, what's the difference between problematic and problem? Two syllables. Two more syllables is, is what the... And more syllables is always better. I'm surprised she didn't throw something at you when you called her old, honestly. Me? Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. She care. She didn't care She's about that. She's a confident that. old woman. Give a fuck. She'll beat your she might fucking be ass. About too. Elderly though. <laughs> I, I mean, the know. next thing is geriatric. You call her geriatric. Yeah, I'm not gonna call her that. I wouldn't you do draw that. Draw the line her. at elderly. You know, you know Chase uh, used to call his old clients geriatrics to their faces. He didn't know. Well, he didn't know. Yeah, that. he didn't know. He didn't know that was an insult. He didn't know that he that's told, not good. He told he told Nick Hilner. He Seniors. Said, he said, uh, you know, when I'm working with geriatric clients, and and Nick goes, when I'm did you just call me geriatric? <laughs> And and did did the light go on and chase his little blue no, eyes? No, hell no. He didn't, chase just, have the he's like, what? <laughs> I think go chase. That's not what you think it means. Geriatric is a medical situation. <laughs> chase, you bonehead. It's a that medical situation. We talked shit for two years after that. Yeah. That was great. Oh God, oh my. He was like nineteen. All right, yeah. so here, no here's an example of some of the questions that lead you to indicate. To yourself, obviously, since you're the one taking this test, that you are, in fact, privileged. If you answer yes, then you're privileged. All right? I am white. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, so all the toothless hillbillies in the Ozarks. In Appalachia. In Appalachia with dirt floors and, you know, rope belts and... You know, blue jeans that are wore off up to the knee, and they're privileged because they're white, right? I have never been discriminated against because of my skin color. Well, not until just recently. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been the only person of my race in a room. Look, look, I have never been the only person of my race in a room. Yeah, this is really the first. I've I've glanced through it, but that just. I don't want you to miss the one that that says, I am a man. Yeah. It's down there. It's like two-thirds of the way down. Well, how do you know? What if you identify as a a man? This doesn't apply, I guess. Right. Uh the, this only person of my race in a room. That that really is amazing. 
I mean, it depends on kind of where you live, doesn't it? A little bit. And that's kind of like not your fault a lot of times, especially if you're three. Yep. Right? Or where you choose to hang out. Or where you choose to hang out. Yep. But you chose. Oh, right. Your choice indicates I mean, you privilege. want to go. You're, you're, you have the ability to choose, therefore. Right. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh I can't read them all, so. I have never been told I sound white. (laughs) You know, I have never been told that. So I guess I'm. That means you're. That means I'm privileged. Point of privilege. Yeah. I've never been told I sound white. Right. If you have been told you sound white. Then you have been discriminated. But I'm white. Well, what am I the fuck supposed to sound you're like? Trying to, you're thinking about it too much. It's the problem. <laughs> no, that's obviously all right. I am heterosexual. Valid. Yeah, but how come uh, there's only one check by that, and the three of y'all took the? <laughs> some of us. I'm just. Uh, some I'm of just us asked, sure. Hey, not that there's anything wrong with, <laughs> but not <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't have to say who did what, but no, but apparently you don't. Some people are unsure. Apparently, but apparently so. It's good information. Uh, all I see is the. I wonder who N would indicate. <laughs> I am heterosexual. Only N indicated he was heterosexual. B and R. Blanks. Or no. C. B and C. Or or. Or not checked. Is it, is it shocking to you that Bree and Carm are a little bit bi? Because <laughs> it's not to me. I don't like anyone. I don't know what that's called, though. It's oh, called, called asexual. It's called asexual. Yeah. No, you don't. No, no, no. No, asexual means you don't want to fuck anyone. All right? You don't like anyone. And that's an entirely different that's personality a, that's disorder. That's a personality disorder. That's, a, per, a, that's a different personality disorder completely. quote unquote identity. <laughs> I have never lied about my sexuality. I never had to come out. <laughs> oh, this is good. I had to come out daily. All right, hold on. I have never been told I would burn in hell for my sexual orientation. That's an actual. If you yes, it's wow. a. I didn't make that. I'm reading this. Wow. If you have never been told that you will burn in hell for your sexual orientation, you, my friend, are of privilege. Okay? I have never been catcalled. And only Nick checked that. <laughs> You've never been catcalled? Not that I know of. Catcalled means people yell at you because they want to fuck you. And, yeah. You know. No one's ever done Hey, that. baby, nice tits. Right. That's catcalling, right? I've been pretty aggressive. Well, I mean, you know, Carmen and Bree, you would expect that they'd be catcalled, but is that insulting somehow? It's just a point of privilege. It's privileged if you have never been catcalled? Right. Well, so you're like ugly as a mud fence, and that's that removes privilege. Right. Or maybe I'm under, not understanding this arithmetic here. I, 
because it says you are being check off all the statements. So, so the so the the next level of that, or the underlying thing of that, is you are a, you are a woman, and you are being verbally assaulted by these men. Yes. So. So. Therefore, I don't see a problem. If you've never experienced that, you're privileged. Okay. Right. I don't have any student loans. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any student loans. You're privileged if you don't have any student loans. You stupid motherfucker. Why did you take out a student loan for your sociology degree? (laughs) Oh, that's the funniest one so far. Oh, shit. If you've never been homeless, you're privileged. Right. Like you made plans. Right? (laughs) You've made plans, so you're not privileged. If if you're homeless, uh, chances are you're not taking this fucking test right now. Yeah, well, there you go. If you're homeless, you're worried about more germane (laughs) topics than this bunch of idiots at the Cleveland YWCA. Damn, so where did you find this? Oh, it's somewhere online. Uh, someone sent it to you? Somebody sent it to me or something. I wonder how many people take uh, it. Matthews actually, actually sent it. Somebody prints this and actually takes it. Do you think that happened? I'm sure they pass it out at the front desk at the mm-hmm. Greater Cleveland Y. Or somebody just made it and put it up and said, here, look at this thing we're doing. No, the people, the people that made it, they take it so they feel bad about being... Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because it's if you don't feel bad about being privileged, then that's even more privileged. Then you can't be an ally. That's right. right. Yep. Yeah, we were discussing this before we started. You you have to check your privilege. This is one of the ways that you can do it. Check your privilege. Self awareness. Yeah. Check your privilege. Okay. Uh, I don't rely on public transportation. I guess that means you don't live in Wyoming, right? You don't live in western Wichita County? Of course not. You can only be privileged and live in western Wichita County. Right. I have never done my taxes myself. (laughs) That's a good one. What the hell is that about? I wish I could have been in the boardroom yeah, when they were making this. Yeah, this, this was, had oh, been, been a fascinating conversation. They're just throwing them out. They bet, just write, yeah, that's good. Write it down. I bet they went through each category, and yeah. they said, you know, give me your questions. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Brainstorm. They had a brainstorm sesh. <laughs> a brainstorm sesh. They had a sesh. sesh. <laughs> right. All of them were white. Every of course. One of them. Oh, yeah. Every of course. One, obviously. Never done my taxes myself. I have never worked as a waiter barista, bartender, or salesperson. In other words, you've never had a job somewhere? Who hasn't done that shit? As a teen. You know, they were in college and shit. Oh, but college is privilege. Privilege. Yeah. Is that on there? Unless you're a sociology major. Right. Then it's, you know, deeply, uh, deeply caring, I guess. Uh... I have had an unpaid internship. All right, now you're going to have to explain this to me, all right? The fact that you served as slave labor for some 
fucking goofball that's cooperating with your university means that you are privileged. You are privileged to get to work for free for somebody else that's just telling you to mop the floor. And checking off your internship. Yeah, I think bullshit. just due to the color of your skin, you're unable to understand this. But if you have the means to be able to do an unpaid apprenticeship or an unpaid uh, internship, then you are privileged. Because if you weren't, you'd have to go work at what McDonald's or whatever Starbucks. and get Starbucks paid and get paid. Well, that clears that up. There you go. Clears that up nicely. Oh, but it doesn't stop. I have had, <laughs> I have had multiple unpaid internships. <laughs> In other words, I haven't been able to get a paid job with my bullshit degree. <laughs> how many, well, <laughs> how many unpaid internships are you going to do? <laughs> well, you just from now on, you know. As long as you can stay in school, you know, when, that's where you need to be. When I was right? learning how to coach, I would coach people probably three hours a day, not paid, just for the experience. And guess what ends up happening? I have a job coaching people, and I get paid a bunch of fucking money. Isn't that privilege. interesting? Privilege. That's privilege. Yeah, it's privilege. Privilege. All right. Wait. I graduated high school. Yep. That means you're privileged. Right. Because graduating high school is such a milestone achievement. <laughs> Here in the United States in the 21st century. I went to an elite college. Now, I wonder what they consider to be yeah, what an, is elite an elite college? college. I graduated college. Notice it doesn't say from an elite college. Right. It just says graduated college. In other words, you completed a task. Therefore, you were privileged to be able to complete a task. All right. I've never had a roommate. I, I, I guess that means that you've had enough money sure. that you can pay all of your own rent. Right. Or your parents. Because you. rent is always hideously expensive. Yep. Because there aren't any cheap places to live because of, you know. The, if you're brown, you probably live with ten other people. In one room. Yeah. It happens all right. the time. Happens all the time. All right? Especially in the United States. Yep. In Cleveland. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My parents are both alive. Yes. Isn't that more a function of your age than anything else, than privilege? Your parents are both alive. These are all young people that wrote these questions. Here's the most dumbfounding one of all. My parents are both heterosexual. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <clears throat> I have never taken medication from my mental health means that I am privileged. Because, of course, everyone else who's not privileged is on meds, as they call them now, for their mental health. 
I've never been threatened for my religious beliefs. Well, if your religious beliefs lead you to threaten me, I'm going to threaten you back. Just so you'll know. All right. Nobody's ever tried to save me for my religious beliefs. This is this is a fabulous one here. This I have never been cyber bullied for any of my identities. Now, have you ever heard, can you conceive of a more 21st century question than that? They missed the question where it says, I have internet, though. Oh, well, that's assumed. Well, that should be a point of privilege. You have the internet, if you have access to the internet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it should. They should hire me to help them with this. Hold on. I bet that's that's got to be on here. It's not in there. Really? You look? It's not in there. Cable and internet. What does it say? I've always had cable or internet, right? I have never. It's always I have never or I have always. Yeah, it's something about I've always had cable. I don't think it said anything about internet. This is the. I feel comfortable in the gender I was born as. Because if you feel, if you don't feel uncomfortable, then you're of privilege. Right. Well, this is. uh, So this is their cute way of, of. pointing out to everybody that they have some privilege, right? Right. But I think the really fun thing would be to find the person who scores the lowest on this and uh, and see who they are. I mean, who... God. What kind of a like, mess like who's is this individual? who's the least privileged person? Oh, God. Can you what imagine? What kind of a disaster of a yeah. human being? I mean, you'd have to go to Afghanistan and pull, right. pull a dude out of a cave. <laughs> right. I've always had cable internet. Yeah, it says that on here. You're right about there. Okay. All right. So, but but much more importantly, it's a much better way to waste about ten minutes. It's great. It's fantastic. On the podcast. <laughs> Other than that, it's a just a waste of paper. Some poor tree died for this goddamn thing. All right. Now, now let's get on to the points that people actually wanted to hear. We're taking. The first of these questions, of course, from the uh, subscription forum. Our new subscription is network at starting dot startingstrength.com. Is that right? That is right. Did I do that right? You got it. Network startingstrength.com, where you can subscribe. $75 a year, cheap. You get and you get a whole bunch of stuff. Like you get to be first in line, and you get a you know, private forum. We an- you, we actually answer your questions. We answer your questions in a nice with a way. perfectly straight face. Straight face, unsarcastically. And we may not even get to these yeah. because these take precedence. Because these are paid for, and we are capitalists. Money hungry, money grubbing, greed motivated, yeah. capitalist running dogs. Yeah. Let's try it. Corporate America shills. That's us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. True to your privilege, man. 
privileged. Corporate America shills. You know that thing you did on the on your phone the other day. Bree tried to call it a vlog. Vlog. Don't let her. It's not a vlog. Bree, don't tell. Let her circle back to do anything. Rip is now vlogging. We're not gonna jump on a vlog. Selfie sticks so you can walk around and, and vlog while he's walking, walking on this property. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's another benefit of the network. You get to see Rip's vlog. Vlogs. Vlog. <laughs> can we call it quote unquote vlog? Vlog with the quote marks. And what are we calling it? In the office. In the with office Rip. with Rip. Something Beautiful. like that. That's great. Unless in we think of a better, more clever title in the office with Rip. Probably ought to do one of those today when I get through here. Don't you think? Yeah. All right, Sib, our uh, friend of rather average intelligence from the UK, who's <laughs> recently joined our our organization here, asks, would love to hear Nick talk about interesting Ooh, BJJ clients he has had, how strength has improved their game, et cetera. It's cute that Sib thinks that BJJ people want to lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. Neither do cyclists. There's yeah. whole classes of sports right. participants that have no intention of doing anything except playing the sport. They have no intention of doing anything to prepare for competition outside of the activity that they signed up to do because that's they're they're playing. They're not athletes they're playing a game and they're that's fine hey goddamn at least they're off their ass but most most bjj people aren't going to train with weights any more than cyclists are going to train with weights, or or anybody yeah anybody that's not for some reason interested in actually training with barbells uh but the the few times that you can get somebody in the gym and getting them doing something correctly you know it's it's universal they'll Six weeks later, they're like, I feel strong. They always do better. Their grip improves almost immediately just from deadlifting probably. You know, mm-hmm. What else would, would cause that? Their yeah. grips, grips improve. Um, Chins and deadlifts just yeah, the, make the, your hands the, Right. Good. The more typical situation is that somebody comes in already strong. So they're, they've spent a lot of time lifting. They grew up on a farm, and they're already strong as shit. And right. then they start jiu-jitsu, and it's, they're very hard to deal with. And then yeah. all the other guys, you know, say, well, you got to stop using strength. So. you got to stop using strength. You know why? Because you beat me. Right. Because you're stronger, you're and I don't like that. Well, I, don't, I don't like being beat. Right. You know, I didn't get into this shit to get beat. Well, it's just hard so to deal with. So you have to stop beating me. Now there, I mean, or I'm going to take my mat and go home. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and look, the strong guys need to relax a little bit and learn – there, there's some validity to not using strength just, oh, just because that. just because it slows you down. It's right. it's it slows well, your it slows your progression down. If if we are in the dojo, you guys call it the dojo? No, that's Jap stuff, right? That's, yeah, that's karate stuff. Right. If you're in the the BJ wrestling room, room. <laughs> you're on the mat. Right. on the mat. And you're on the mat. You're you're there to learn some stuff. Exactly. And if you're if the guy if you're outstrengthening the guy, and thus keeping him from learning the technique that we're trying to practice right now, right? Then that doesn't do anybody any good, right? All right, but when it's a match, just sling his ass all over the exactly. place, right? 
But no, there's a there's a reason to you know for the back and forth between of course. two guys grappling to, yep. for you to not exercise your strength because you're going to prevent the guy from learning. We're practicing technique, and he can't practice it if you don't let him. Well, and you pre- you prevent yourself right. from getting better too. Yeah. If you if you muscle yeah. f- muscle through absolutely everything, and you don't let somebody. Uh, you just you just hold on, you know, because you're strong enough to do that. Right. You're you're slowing your own progress down. So there's a little bit right. of ability to you're do that. You're keeping yourself from learning something. But exactly. isn't it interesting that th- the naked reality of that thing is that if you're strong enough, you don't have to know that. Technique. That's the truth. So you would rather <laughs> have that situation. You would yeah. rather have a guy that you have to say, hey, chill out a little bit. You don't have to hold on so tight. You know, back off a little bit. Then somebody who's way under strength, right? They're weak right. and have to figure out a way to get this guy strong over the next year because well, it's, it's far less likely that they'll do that. And he suddenly the weak guy understands why he needs to be stronger. Right. If strength wasn't a factor in it, there wouldn't be weight classes. Anything athletic. See, this is what people don't understand. Anything athletic, strength is a factor. So just yeah. get over that. Just look. You just know, get over You it. guys can and, all pretend like strength doesn't matter if you want to, but that's – you and I both know that's bullshit. All here's, right. Here's something that people never say. Don't use speed. Don't use flexibility. Don't use agility because you're going to Don't use skill. Down. Don't use skill. Right? So why is strength the thing that everybody wants to to, to tell to you to not use? As the parameter that's cheating, right? Because it's hard to build. Exactly. Because it's hard because you got to exactly actually right. work and shit. Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, if strength didn't matter, we wouldn't have men's and women's divisions. Would we? But we do. Right. Somehow we do. Yep. What was the that was that the whole question? Oh, uh, I don't. BJJ clients. Yeah, strengths improve their game, et cetera. But, but we've already. I mean, he doesn't understand that not all BJJ clients want to get strong. Yeah. And so we're not talking about that from a strength perspective. And nobody wants to hear about this shit either. You no, know, I shit, no. I, I don't spend any time talking to people at my at the place I train about unless they ask me. You know, I'm not going to be the guy who goes and says, hey, you need to get stronger. You need to get stronger. You yeah, it's not your job. So, no, they're not paying me for that. It's not your job. They're not paying you to tell them and it gets old. how stupid they are. Yeah, it gets old. Yeah, it's just it's not productive. People quit inviting you over to the house. Exactly. You don't want to become know? the mortgage salesman in the yeah. late 90s. You remember those guys? Remember around 2003, four when all your friends decided they were going to sell mortgages? And, it, like... Dude, I worked in the no, I worked but, in a call center, no, and there's but, 900 people in there, and everybody had a packet of mortgage applications, <laughs> and, you know, because there's some commission or some shit. Yeah, right. so everybody you talked to was like, "Hey, man, why are you renting? Why are you renting? Buy a house, you know." So don't be that guy for starting strength. Yeah, because it gets an, it gets annoying. I I don't remember that nearly so thoroughly as I remember Amway. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be an Amway salesman for starting strength. We don't need to help. Yeah. All right. Just leave everybody's ass alone. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. Since there is invariably some interaction between, this is Jason Marshall telling us this, between uh, Rip and the unmicrophoned SS crew behind the camera, I'd like to see one of the others sat next to Rip as a co anchor to put their own thoughts across during a Star Trek radio episode. Well, here we are. Hey, fuck off, Jason. <laughs> we don't give a shit about you. All right, here's Sib again. No, Sib, look. <laughs> don't ask the same questions over and over again. 
right. All right, Barry Charles, always a thoughtful guy. Our buddy Barry, refugee from New Mexico. Is he the locksmith? Is that Barry? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, he does some cyber job someplace. Okay, okay. He's in Wisconsin now. Yep. He moved from Los Alamos to... Uh, oh, right, right, yeah. Virginia, and then he got the fuck out of Virginia, right. and now he's in Wisconsin. He's just gone from one hellish nightmare yeah. to the next. Uh, I think most people that are strength training will eventually have highest deadlift followed by squat, bench, and press. Most. Interestingly, the stability of each lift goes down in the same order as the weight. Deadlifts are actually mechanically stable through the range of motion, while the other three are meta-stable. It's like coin balanced on the edge. Gravity pulls a deadlift bar to where it wants to be. The others are only stable in a rack or on the floor, which can be catastrophic events on occasion. Some energy is used in keeping things stable. My general question is, is this a valuable concept or too subtle or maybe just irrelevant? Well, no, Barry, it's not irrelevant. And we've made the observation on uh, many occasions that one of the primary benefits of using barbells instead of universal machines is the fact that you can fall down with a bar and the fact that you didn't fall down with a bar means that you're doing not only the job of lifting the bar but of providing stability during the movement pattern and stability and balance are one of the wonderful carryovers of being stronger everyday life i'm sure you'll agree that you would rather have your 70 year old mom uh pressing uh 50 pounds over her head while not falling down doing so and that the fact that she can do this means that she's less likely to fall down in the kitchen or in the bathroom just kind of going about her daily activities and stuff this is this is a terribly important thing Terribly important thing. Uh, I think uh, another observation is, is as you go from deadlifts to squats, where's your list here? Deadlift, squat, bench, and press. Now, that, that I was thinking maybe the kinetic chain. All right, the longest kinetic chain of any of our lifts is the press because it goes from your hands up over your head with the bar, all the way down to the feet. The shortest kinetic chain is the bench. Bench is fairly stable. Bench is dangerous in that if there is an accident, it gets to be a real big deal real quick because you're trapped under a bar, depending on how strong you are, right? To my knowledge, the only lift that has ever killed anybody in the weight room is the bench press, and it happens Every year, eight or ten times a year, somebody gets killed in the gym under a bench press. Uh, deadlift has a shorter kinetic chain, uh, shorter range of motion. The kinetic chain is basically the whole body on a deadlift and a squat. But the range of motion is shorter. Uh, so I don't know that that, that observation is is of particular significance, but 
I would agree that these these lifts are inherently uh, unstable in that you can fall down doing them. And that adds a beneficial component to the exercise, and it's one of the reasons we do these exercises, so that you will be able to produce force while at the same time controlling your position in space because they're, they're both intimately tied together, and both of them are uh, advantageous adaptations. All right, here Andrew says, is there any benefit to acupuncture? You ever had acupuncture? I never have. Me no. Never had it. Uh, there is a benefit to anything if you think there's a benefit to it, right? There's a placebo effect, uh, that, and the placebo effect is not bullshit. It's absolutely not bullshit. The placebo effect is an effect. It's part of any effective treatment. If you think the treatment is effective, it's going to be more effective than if you think it's not effective. And if you think acupuncture is effective, then go get acupunctured. Okay? Now, does the physical act of piercing your body with a series of little tiny gauge needles change anything? I don't know. I have never seen any... Uh, any research that it did. I don't see a mechanism by which it can. But if it helps, do it. I, we were talking about the, this in the gym yesterday, not acupuncture, but massage. Somebody asked me, it's Bob, one of those guys, does, does massage help? I said, does it make you feel better? You like being massaged? Then it helped. Then it helped. Yep. It helped. It made you feel better. Right? It's common to pay for things that feel good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Massage is just a perfect example of one of those things. Yep. And then one day it won't work anymore. And one day and it won't wanna, work anymore. One day you'll think, God damn, seventy five bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing Man, that people I get in trouble with is gas. Thing that people get in I could invest it in Walmart bags. Walmart bags and, and tote bins. Yeah. When uh they find something like that and it and it has an effect right now. And they decide that that's the the miracle cure for everything. Right. So as long as you don't go down that path, you know. Right. It's fine. Do whatever. I mean, there are perfectly good reasons to go to a chiropractor sometimes. Sure. Because I've had the experience of having a chiropractor immediately relieve a back tweak. A lot of people have, but that doesn't mean that every time your back hurts, you go to a chiropractor. Because it doesn't work all the time. And it certainly as hell does not take 30 visits. Right. Right. Oldest joke in the world. How many chiropractors does it take to change a light bulb? One. one twice a week. One, but it takes 30 visits. <laughs> twice a week right. for 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you don't make the mistake of thinking that every time – Something is wrong with you. You got to go get needles shoved in your arm. You know, sometimes it works. When it works, good. Then the money was well spent. But when it quits working and the money stops being well spent, don't spend the money. I think it's reasonable advice for more broad applications than just acupuncture. Uh, so 
Andrew has another question here. How would you rank order? How would you rank order different sources of protein for recovery and strength building? Sources such as eggs, egg whites, fish. And he tells me that fish is tuna, tilapia, and salmon. <laughs> like I didn't. You know. right. Beef, poultry, whey, casein, etc. Which sources are good, better, and best? Well, the best source of protein for a human being trying to assemble human muscle protein out of amino acids would be human meat. Long pig, because that's exactly the right assembly of amino acids. But sometimes it's hard to obtain. So the next best thing would be the thing that is the closest to human muscle tissue, which would be like red meat. All right. So red meat is the best. Egg whites and eggs, not egg whites, but eggs are very, very high quality protein. And they're cheap. And here's a here's a golden rule to keep in mind. All right? The lower the quality protein, all that means is the more of it you need in order to add up to the right numbers of amino acids so that you can reassemble them into the protein that you're trying to build for muscle mass. So quantity can make up for poor quality, and then price becomes the deal. Now, when you can walk into Walmart and buy 18 eggs for 88 cents, then that's what you do. Okay? That's what you do. You know, eggs are cheap, and eggs are perfectly good protein. They're, they're in some, a long time ago, the, the reference best protein for dietary purposes was eggs, all right? Now, egg whites, I, I don't like the way they taste by themselves. I'm not going to eat an egg white omelet. I don't like the way that tastes. I want some fat in there. And uh, the fat, you know, adds to the flavor, adds to palatability. It means you'll, if it means you're more likely to eat it because you can't, stand it without the fat, then you eat it with the fat. Then, you know, you've got pork. Pork's perfectly good protein. What do you got against pigs? Because <laughs> they're fat and is pink? Pork not on his list? Look, don't let your <laughs> prejudice against me transfer over into a problem at the grocery store. All right? It's all right if you hate my ass, but what the hell is wrong with pork? Did he not include pork on the list? That's in here somewhere. Oh, okay. No, actually, he didn't. Yeah, I don't remember. Beef, either. poultry, poultry. Poultry. That's chicken and turkey. Right. Turkey's not really food, though. No. Uh, chickens are good. You know. Something. You, you, you know, you're out in the county now snakes no chickens i'm thinking get oh yeah, yourself yeah, yeah some chickens yeah because when the grasshoppers come around and the chickens will eat the shit out right. of those grasshoppers yep. and it makes it makes their eggs have this beautiful oh, yeah. nice and orange, dark, dark orange yeah. yolk yep. 
and stuff, and it makes the chicken taste like chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. How much upkeep is, keep is there for having chickens? Well, doesn't seem not like much. much. I, I'll tell you how I have seen a chicken coop manufactured. You make chicken coop out of chicken wire, mm-hmm. right, and a frame. So you make a frame, and you make the frame like the length of this table, the height of this table, maybe a little wider than this, you know, and it, it goes it's chicken wire all around the frame. In other words, the bottom of the chicken coop is chicken wire. So the doo-doo falls through the through the, the chicken wire onto the grass. So what you do is you pick, you, you put some handles, carrying handles on each end of the thing. So if somebody gets in the front, somebody gets in the back, you pick it up and you move it to a different part of the yard and you set it down. Right. And you fertilize your grass, and you give the chickens access to different bunches of bugs, and uh, and you're gonna you're gonna kill these things when they're four or five months old anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and if you if you you raise twenty or thirty of them at a time, you put all those in the freezer. Yep. And have real good, natural, clean chicken. Last year, we were ready to go. We were going to buy a bunch of chickens. I ordered them. Yeah. But everybody had the same idea. We were mid-house uh, arrest, so they everybody was buying chickens. They couldn't. And they canceled my order. Can't yeah. fill your chicken order. Fill order. Well, maybe something to reconsider yeah. now that – The problem uh, is Kathy's afraid of birds. Like, she doesn't like birds. She hates I don't, them. I don't like the damn thing. Nobody likes chickens. <laughs> no, I mean, like, she's terrified of birds. Really? It's like, weirdly Of scared. any birds? Any birds. Well, she needs to move in with Bree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. Bree will Just teach her that there's exposure an actual reason to be terrified <laughs> of birds. It'll pluck her eye, eyes out or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes chickens. It's, it's Especially crazy. roosters. Those goddamn things are you such know there's people, obnoxious. There's a lot of people who've never had a, an egg like that with a dark orange yolk. Oh, I know. They think yolks are think lemonade yolks are colored. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, translucent yellow. Yeah. 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 No, it's a different you can flavor. You buy them at Walmart. They're six dollars. You a can, car. but I mean, six you know, dollars. That's too damn much money. Right. Yep. You know, but there's you know most places that where you have access to people that live kind of out in the country, you can get access to farm yep. eggs. If you just look around for them. Yep. You know, we had a guy that brings them to the gym all the time. Yep. Wellborn and, used uh, to. I remember Wellborn a long time saying if it had a face and a mom. It's good to go for protein. Yeah. Well, that's it's obvious. Obvious, right? Obvious. Just it doesn't matter. Eat. Hookworms. Yeah. Face they qualify, mom. right? Yeah. The mom. Was I want a little better face, face than a hookworm <laughs> face. <laughs> I want eyes too. I like eyes. Or I guess eyes are inherent in face, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, Rip, you may address this as Marty Fox. You may address this in the self-sufficient lifter camp. Uh, but is it possible for someone who films and assesses their own lifts to develop form creep because of some sort of cognitive bias? For example, in the same way that you can't observe your hair growing because every time you see it, it looks the same as the time before, but the next thing you know, you need a haircut. Uh, uh, 
what are some of the ways to prevent this? Well, uh, I don't. I, Marty, I don't know that there is a way to prevent it. This is why everybody, including me, has got to have outside eyeballs on their lifts at least every once in a while because real no-shit form creep happens slowly like hair growing, and you don't know. You can't feel it, and you know you can't feel it, and that's why you take the video, right? But if the change is so slow in the video that you don't perceive the change over time, then you're not going to identify the change. And this is why everybody needs some eyeballs on their lifts that are not their own, right? So, and even at the self-sufficient just, lifter camp, we tell people, you know, yeah. you're going to video your lifts, but you've got to you've got to post a form check you, every once in a while. You got to go get a coaching session, right? Uh, and and the, the form check allows you to compare what you're seeing with the feedback on on that specific video from a from a coach right so that you can right. actually compare written feedback versus what you thought you saw right and then adjust your cognitive bias exactly. in that in the correct direction exactly right all right James Rogers our friend from Canada asks how did the process of granting starting strength coach certificates start how has it developed over the years what industry professional certification model is it based upon since it is very different from other fitness industry certifications well when we broke away from crossfit in january of 2010 uh, crossfit had been in the habit of granting a certificate for everybody that that uh, uh, attended the CERT, as CrossFit people like to call the certification course over the weekend. Now, now, the fact that they call it a CERT indicates that they are of the opinion that if you attended, then you are certified. And that was never our opinion on what the piece of paper ought to mean. So we had uh, always, when we were operating within uh, that organization, had always denied uh, certificates uh, for, for the weekend certification to the physical idiots or criminals, obnoxious morons that had no business carrying around a piece of paper with our name on it, all right? We tightened that up quite a bit starting in January of 2010. And over the next couple of years, it developed to the point where we had we decided that we wanted this, this weekend seminar to actually certify something. In other words, to attest to the ability of the person to do what, the purpose of the of the weekend seminar was and that was the coach barbell training so over the years the thing tightened up from just you know the certificate meaning that you're not a fuck up to the point where it is now and has been for several years that indicates that if you carry the starting strength coach certification that you have been vetted pretty tightly 
for your ability to actually coach the movement patterns in real time on the platform in the presence of other people. All right, now, no certification process is completely foolproof. I mean, after all, I know this is this is this rarely occurs, but there are bad doctors, right? Only one or two, but there are bad doctors, right? So the possession of a certificate from a licensing agency or a certification agency is not a guarantee of anything except that the complete idiots. Well, you can't say that either about doctors, but <laughs> in our situation, what we're what we're telling you when we grant the the SSC to a person is that this person has trained enough people and has demonstrated through his experience on the platform that he has trained enough people, including himself, that the. Uh, the advice that you pay for from this person is markedly better than what you are going to obtain from a person carrying around a certificate from one of these mills that just says, if you don't pass, you don't pay. Which one of those is that? Oh, I don't know. I think NASM does that. I don't think. I don't know. No idea. Yeah, NASM acts like they're a real high-level organization. They're, there's there's one actually advertises online. It's a $400 deal. If you don't pass, you don't pay. That's excellent. I wonder what their emphasis is going to be. <laughs> so uh, but, but that's most of them, and, and, and James knows this. That's why he asked the question. Our, our certification process is quite difficult. Our pass rate, what is our pass rate at this point? What would you guess it to be? Well, of the people that opt in, the the people that opt eventually in. walk out of the out of the process at the end of the process with the certificate. The people opting in are much better prepared now, so it's higher than it was. I, I, I don't know. You 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 always say it was ten percent. I bet it's it's thirty percent now or or more. But yeah, but it's because everybody who comes now knows the expectations knows is better prepared has been right. doing things because we've been doing a better job of explaining what it actually and, entails. And this pipeline is helping. That, well, well, all kinds I mean. of things. We've got several different products and services that helps you get through this process. But of the people that sign up for a seminar that, that just attend a seminar, uh, if there are 30 people in the room, we may have six or seven opt-in. Less recently. Really? Yeah, less, which is good. I mean, it's four people, or five people. Yeah, people are coming like knowing what to expect. Right. We, we would always have five or six, and then two had no, absolutely no business doing it. You know, right. a couple of them would be borderline, and then maybe two would pass. So um, now, it, it, you know, more about half. You know, if we get two guys, one will pass. Uh, they're, they're, they're ready to go typically now. But you got to remember, too, at the beginning, uh, when I went through it, everybody got coaching feedback. Everybody got evaluated. You know, so you, you had, I, I think, if I remember, there was like 16 people at my the seminar I went to in 2011. And you guys evaluated every single person there for coaching. Um, and I can't imagine, I mean, me and Sullivan, I think, were the only ones that passed that time. 
out of the 16. Right. But everybody got coaching evaluation. Everybody got coaching feedback. And that was probably. Which, and we used to spend a lot more time uh, on that. But uh, our thinking has changed uh, over the years as well. For example, what we also used to do was write the teaching progression right. for each one of the lifts on the whiteboard so that you yep. could follow along with that. And it finally, uh, they're supposed to know that. They're opted in to be a coach. They're supposed to know the teaching progression because they're supposed to have been using it already. Yep. So we quit doing that. I mean, there's several things we've changed. Yeah, that was before. You know, we started the opt-in thing in 2015, 2015. It's pretty recent. Yeah. Five or six years ago, you know, it was. I think I was already here. And then when we started the opt-in thing is when we stopped writing the teaching methods on the board at some point. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing else like there like this out there. Oh, there's it's not another. There's not a certification product like this on the market. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, the gold standard, quote unquote, of the industry is the NSCA's certified strength and conditioning specialist yep. uh, situation, and that's you know they 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 have a written test and. Uh, and then they have a little video that they use for their practical. And at no point is anybody in that anywhere in that process ever evaluated for their ability to coach anything. Right. It is a testing product is all it is. We don't even expose these people to the testing product until after they have demonstrated in front of our staff and me that they can actually coach this stuff on the platform then we ask him about the theory and all this other shit but we don't we're not going to take time to even talk to them about that until after they have demonstrated the ability to coach the material and there's nothing in this industry that's even remotely similar to that or any uh, any industry that i know of you know when you when you have somebody who has a good product a good educational product if they're going to have a, a coach or an instructor of a similar caliber to the original guy, you know, or, or mm -hmm. whoever is delivering the, the product, it's usually the result of a long apprenticeship process, a long, you know, uh, assistant instructor deal. And then it's like one guy, you know, every couple of years or something like mm -hmm. that, that, that comes along and becomes a new thing. I think we've done a good job of, of combining, of systematizing that whole thing where right. you know, we can identify pretty effectively somebody who can actually coach this stuff. Uh, because and it, it all comes from our uh, ability to uh, explain an actual model for coaching and for for the movements and for everything. You know, we can because we understand it better. We understand what we do better than even than people do in, in other industries. So the things that the things that other guys teach, I think they they are are born being good instructors, born knowing how to transfer knowledge, born having there, an understanding of a that model. is a talent. That it's you're, a talent. That's a, it's talent a talent you're born with. And yes. I, I think I think the thing that we do is we is is we take people who don't inherently have that and we we make have them a better process at it. for make them better at it. we have a process right. for teaching that understanding. And uh, and that's why we can make good coaches. And we can identify good coaches. 
Well, that's our that's our that's our aim is to identify the coach because see here's here's this is a real fundamental difference and it's, it's important to understand this. If you go to a weekend seminar from one of these other alphabet organizations, and and you walk into this seminar and you leave, and the understanding is that you're going to leave with a coaching certificate. You're now a coach. USA Weightlifting is probably the worst about this than any of these organizations. They uh, the last time I asked, uh, I asked one of the people that had that had recently been to one of these things. They spent about an hour, hour and a half with the bar, mm-hmm. and everybody in the building is now a level one USA weightlifting coach or whatever they call it now, because yep. they keep changing the name of it, and it's uh, it, that's just. That's just our assumption is that when you show up at starting strength seminar to be examined for the coaching certificate that you are going to fail. That is the assumption. Our staff instructions are to fail you unless you can demonstrate to their satisfaction that they, that you can function at their level on the platform. Uh, it doesn't seem fair, does it? Nonetheless, it keeps the riffraff out of the coaching ranks. All right? If if you just know when you sign up, you're now going to be a coach with blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, no, we're just not going to do it like that. You can't make a coach in a weekend seminar any more than you can make a guitarist in a weekend seminar. You can't do it. It takes experience. It takes hours. It takes thousands of and thousands of observed reps before you can hone your ability to provide educated feedback to what you're seeing on the platform and thus be worth paying for the feedback, right? And we're not going to play like that is not the case because it is the case. And if these other all these other organizations that do this are just doing it for the money. I understand money's important, but we're going to make ours the other way. All right. Well, even the ones that have some integrity will tell you that it's, uh, you know, you've earned a certification, but you, this is, this is like the beginning. This is how you, you, you have a fundamental understanding and knowledge now, and now you have to actually learn how to do this stuff. You know, I mean, the ones Mm -hmm. that have integrity will say stuff like that. But again, the difference is that, that we don't care about your knowledge of the material. We care about your ability to coach. Right. And because our primary thing is your ability to coach, we have to structure our evaluations to match that. Right. I mean, like, you, let's say you quit medical school at one year. Well, you're a doctor. Right. But what do you know how to do? Exactly. You know, anything you learn how to do, you're going to learn after you get to be exactly doctor. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. You know, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Right. Not one damn thing. Until the experience matches the credential, which means, if, and if that's the case, the credential is not particularly useful. It's not, no. Yep. Okay. Okay, here's a rather specific question. If someone is having trouble with the concept of chest up in the deadlift, is the cue roll your shoulders back wrong to get the chest up? Are shoulders back going to negatively impact the movement? 
All right. When you roll your shoulders back, you don't roll them back. You pull them back. What muscle groups pull the shoulders back? Primarily the traps and the rhomboids, right? Now, in an 800-pound deadlift, what is the function of the muscles of the upper back in a deadlift? It is isometric. Now, think clearly about this, okay? The job of your upper back musculature is to stabilize the skeletal components of the upper back and the shoulders, to stabilize them during the transfer of force from the floor up the legs, up the back, down the arms to the barbell, all right? They stabilize the shoulders. If you pull them back into a concentric position, you are shortening the muscle belly length. But under 800 pounds, what's going to happen to that muscle belly length? It's going to return to resting length, isn't it? But if it has to return to resting length by being elongated eccentrically, then it's having to do things that it wouldn't have to do if you just simply held the shoulders in the correct position off the floor. So the correct cue is not roll the shoulders back. The correct cue is chest up, which performs thoracic extension. And that's all it should do. You don't roll your shoulders back in a deadlift. You don't do anything like that in the deadlift. You perform a concentric shrug in a clean at the top of the pull, but not in a deadlift. So, no, don't, don't think about that shit, all right? Tom in Tulsa's got a couple of questions about Andy Baker's programs. But I'm not going to answer questions about Andy Baker's programs. Talk to Andy. My fucking programs. I don't know what he's got you doing. I mean, I have an idea, but I just, you know, address it on his let him address it on his podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Tommy asks uh, uh, or states this is Tom Bailey. He's written for us on the website up in Boston. I guess Arthur's about to open that gym up there. I guess next week, Monday. Here pretty quick. So uh, maybe Tom will show up up there. All right. It says, uh, regarding books you have recommended, Essentials of Human Anatomy and Physiology by Keller. Fantastic book. So well written and practical. Thanks for suggesting it. Are other books you recommend in one of your articles? There are other books you recommended in one of your articles. I think the apprenticeship article. So I will purchase those in confidence. Well, good. <laughs> well, good, Tom. That's a good thing for you to do. All right? Now, here's the problem. On a podcast, you said that you recommended that Chase read Vertebrate Paleontology and Evolution by Carol. That's not the title of the book. That's not the title of the book. Uh, Form and Function in Human Paleontology. It, no, it's not Human Paleontology. Vertebrate Paleontology. Form and Function. Uh 
by Carol is the author, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. I found a cheap copy on Amazon, so I figured, why not, since it sounds interesting. I like reading about evolution, some of the opposing views of intelligent design, the Cambrian explosion, etc. Problem is, I have no background in paleontology at all, so it just goes over my head. What theme should I be looking for? Just the evolution of the types of organisms, or is there something I'm missing? Tom, you don't need any particular background in 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 formal paleontology to understand the concepts in that book. So the title of that book is Patterns and Processes of Vertebrate Evolution. And Carol is, in fact, the author. Uh, but I've recommended that book to several people, and I don't think it's over your head if you had no trouble with the Keller text on physiology. I, I don't think you're going to have any problems with that. The, the primary takeaway from this book is that in in popular culture the only mechanism that functions in evolutionary change over time is mutation and that is not true this is the most important takeaway from that book and the thing evolution is a multifactorial process and it goes on all the time right sometimes it happens very very quickly the the cichlid fishes in uh, Lake Victoria or his example in this book uh, that thing is a fairly young structure geologically and within uh, a fairly short period of time geologically every ecological niche in that lake was occupied by one of these fishes that had all evolved quote unquote from the same common fish stock that that populated the lake as the lake was created and there wasn't it happened at a short enough period of time that mutation could not be the mechanism by which it took place it's a it's a terribly interesting book and i highly recommend that you that you get it and uh but no this is not over your head no, you're not a stupid person. This is not over your head. Get the book, read it, and enjoy the process. You come across something you don't understand, make a note, file it away, or go to Wikipedia or someplace, look up the term you're not familiar with, and then come back and finish the sentence. Uh, this is accessible. It's going to take a while, but this is not a education is not a weekend project any more than getting certified. <laughs> yes. Okay. Red says, I have a line across my back and shoulders with a bar sits during squat. It's there even if I take a few days off. Is this a symptom of failure to keep tight and thus the bar is digging into me more than it should? Or is this a comes with the lift type of things? That's what it is. It comes with the lift. I have a spot across, a bar across my back. I don't know if it's still there, but it did for years. It just wouldn't tan. <laughs> I'd be out in the sun and I'd have a lighter lighter stripe across my upper back where the bar said just wouldn't tan wouldn't take a tan like the rest of rest of the skin would just pressure i don't know the exact mechanism of it it's just a callus it's a callus do you yeah i don't think mine's a callus it doesn't feel the texture is not any different the thickness of the skin was different but the texture of the skin was not was not different under the bar no just some kind of adaptation uh, I don't care about the mechanism. 
never investigated it. Nobody else has investigated it either. Nobody else has asked that question. Well, I mean, do you que- do you question whenever you your hands get tougher from? You know, no, it's obvious what's going on. Your skin adapts to the work, just like everything else does. Stress, recovery, adaptation. Make that your watchword. <laughs> it's not a word, though, is it? Phrase. Kind of a phrase. It's not even a phrase. It's three turns with slashes marks <laughs> between, between the damn things. All right. Uh, all right. Here's a real stupid question, but he paid to be here. So. <laughs> Rip, I have two questions for you, my pink friend. All right? <laughs> Some little bug. I don't like bugs. I'm not a big fan of arthropods in general. Uh, one, are you guys going to make ma- any more Pink Lives Matter t-shirts? Pink privilege or pink supremacy, maybe. That would be great if you did. I'd buy at least four. What the hell's wrong with this one? You want all this stuff articulated? What does Pink Lives Matter leave out? That's real clever. I li- I really like the lobster claw in there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gets it though. No, <laughs> it's very specific. Yes, you have to. It's only for the diehards. Yeah, to yeah, people that have actually watched the podcast for a long period of time. The lobster claw is very. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. What do you think? You make a we pink make supremacy t-shirt. Pink anything t-shirts. They're not selling they don't that even well. Sell that great because it's, it's so they don't sell specific. it well because it's over everybody's head. Yeah. Nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. Some guy shows up at a bar with a Pink Lives Matter yeah. and a, a lobster claw. He's going to get smacked if, by if a every, tranny. If everybody yeah. that's listening buys one and we go out, we can make another one. Right. All right. You, so you, you want some a... more Pink Lives Matter t-shirts? Buy some Pink Lives Matter t-shirts and we'll print some more. All right? Steph that's su- the answer. Steph suggested a Pink Lives Matter mug. We might do that. That's fun. Maybe All right. A coffee that's mug fine. or something. That's fine. Yeah. But I don't pink know, Lives Matter. Yeah. Pink nationalism. The pink people ought to have their own nation. Yeah. Is that what that actually means? I guess so. You know what the death rate would be in in that nation? Highest in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Pineapple on your pizza or no pineapple? Fuck, I like pineapple. There's nothing wrong with pineapple. I I like it on anything. Even pizza. People get real weird about pineapple on pizza. What's the problem? I don't know. It's delicious. People get weird about anchovies on pizza. It's like they don't want people to enjoy shit. Right. I don't enjoy it. So you you can't either. And if you do enjoy it, something's wrong with you. (laughs) Right? But anchovies are the same damn way. People are weird about anchovies on pizza? Oh, yeah. Is pineapple pizza on that little uh, privilege list? Should be. No, they omitted that. Get a hold of the Cleveland YWCA and <laughs> suggest that suggest that that be added to the list. The goddamn. If you like it, you're privileged. Just make sure you tell them you're the least privileged person <laughs> in this little FAC. group that took the test. Yeah. She's white. I know. What the fuck is the? It's How bullshit. did you, a person of color, bullshit. manage to not be more? Or, I'm confused. I it's, it's, it's because I know that I'm heterosexual. And you know you've never been depressed. That's what put that's what put me over the top. And yeah, you, the, and, and the you've had a job of, and shit. The lack of depression. You showed up for work. <laughs> right? 
Have you ever not shown up for work? That that thing's not. Yeah. You know, if I took it, I guarantee you I'd be the most privileged out of everybody in this room. Oh yeah, you would. No doubt about it. Yeah, you would. Yeah, that's what makes us so sick. <laughs> what makes us hate your guts so much? I hate myself too. I'm so privileged. You should be. That's that's an accurate self-assessment. All right. Uh, here's a guy that says our program works and he gives a big long medical explanation of some weird ass condition he's got and uh he's uh uh he started doing a program and everything got better good nice typically the case that's right uh all right here's some fucking idiot uh, as a gun-toting, meat-eating, bourbon-drinking racist, do you enjoy a nice cigar ever, ever so often? No. No, no, I don't. Cigar smoke is even worse than cigarette smoke to me because it puts my, just the smell of the nasty fucking shit puts my diaphragm into spasm. <laughs> I, I had to leave the room. I, it's one of the most revolting smells I've ever encountered. I can't be around it. Can't be around it. Okay. Has anyone tried the cannibal diet that Bree suggested on the podcast last year? What? When did Bree suggest anything? You suggest, you, you suggest, you suggest a that cannibal? a cannibal diet? Like dead people or babies or what? Oh, we eat vegans. Yeah. Oh, you suggested that? I thought that was my idea. No, it was me. All me. <laughs> Look at that. She is so proud of herself right now. Well, I, I'll tell you, that's I didn't I didn't remember that she had suggested that. I'd be a lot more proud of her. And a hell of a lot less likely to fire her had I known that that she's the one that came up with that brilliant idea. Eat the homeless. Right? <laughs> Didn't we entitle that episode "Eat the Maybe Homeless"? Maybe we did. Yeah. What else are you gonna do what, with them? What if we? Block <laughs> they her serve out no other constructive purpose. Right. Yeah. What if we block her out so much that most of our good good ideas are coming from her and we just don't realize it? That may be what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Here's Marty Curran up in Cheyenne, and he's asking for a medical opinion that I am not going to be capable of giving him because it's a board post and not a <laughs> not a test so anyway sorry marty you're at the mercy of your orthopedic guy just make sure he's good all right so now we get to the common riffraff <laughs> the uh the the normies the normies yeah right <clears throat> these better be good there's going to be little patience for the normies. All right. Here's a guy named David. Hey, Rip, how the hell are you? <laughs> oh, I've been better. <laughs> Is that the question? <laughs> been better, Dave. Uh, I was wondering if you had any experience with people who have bad anterior pelvic tilt. Mine is so severe, my back's in hyperextension constantly. Or he, he means uh, overextension. Hyperextension is the term we use for injuries. Uh, it causes setting for a squat a tad bit difficult and awkward, I believe is what's causing my lower back. 
pain after training as well. Will this fix itself with training, or is there something you recommend? Uh, lifted weights in the past, started the program in April. Well, he's only given it, what, three weeks? Three weeks. Four weeks. Uh, also, when will you guys have those high crown hats in stock? What the hell is he talking about? The, the, the master sergeant hat. The retired master sergeant hat. <laughs> the one with the piping on them? Yeah. Nice Remember you modeled for oh, us? It was oh, great. that. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, this guy wants one of these. Where is it? He's going to wear it down to the VA, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. If you – all right. There is – what people don't understand is the, the lumbar spine of human beings – uh, exhibits quite a bit of variation in terms of the amount of lordotic curve. Not everybody has the same lordotic curve you see on the skeletal model in the anatomy poster. Not everybody looks like that. Some people have a relatively flat lordotic curve, which would be not much lordotic curve, and some people have a lot of lordotic curve. The thing that supports the lordotic curve is... One, the muscles of the lower back, but two, and this is very important, the abdominal muscles that keep the low back from going into excessive extension. Now, here's a little secret, all right? One of the reasons we put chins in this program is because it's an abs exercise. We don't want you to do any direct ab exercise because it's a waste of time why would you be doing that when you could be doing chins at the same time and working your abs because chins make your abs tight and abs fight over lordosis all right you've only been doing a program a month so just keep at it okay it'll be, get better all right if you're not doing your chins yet start doing them uh, I've been watching a podcast since episode one. Hey. A lifer. Man, man. Hardcore. And I love what you guys do. I'm currently just under two months into my novice LP. That math doesn't add up. No, no. I'm, math I'm, does I'm, not add up. I'm, I'm thinking here that he's a late adopter, although he seems to be an early adopter, but well, anyway, all right. Uh, after my first set, work set of five deadlifts, the last workout, very close to a limit set, I noticed my hearing had changed. It sounded like anything I was hearing had lowered in pitch, and I was less able to hear high-pitched sounds on music I was listening to. I know you say you prefer not to listen to anything, but it helps drown out all the silly bullshit I see people doing in the university gym. Well, that's certainly believable. Uh, for the following day, my ears were a, in a low amount of pain, but are now show, showing signs of returning to normal. My initial thought was that I'm holding my valsalva in my head too much when I deadlift, and I'm assuming this is from the acute spike in pressure during a heavy set. I didn't particularly notice any pops in my ears during the set. Have you noticed coached anybody, blah, blah. All right. I have noticed for years, years and years and years, that at the end 
of a very, very heavy limit high rep set of squats, like a set of 10 or a set of 20. When you get out from under the bar, your hearing changes. And it, it's, it's, it's like, it feels like this. It's like you've put your hands kind of in this area over your, over your ears and you can't hear as well, but it goes away in five or 10 minutes. Now you're saying this carried over into the next day. I don't know what the hell you've done. I would suspect you did the Valsalva wrong, but no, that's not normal. All right. If it happens again, uh, when you are extra careful to take your breath and hold the Valsalva with your mouth open, then you might want to have that looked at because I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I don't know what you've done to yourself. Let's just hope it's not serious, okay? All right, here's one. This is, this is interesting. Dear Rip, I was thinking about running with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. <laughs> Any advice? <laughs> Run real fast. Be faster than the fucking bull. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he's wanting training advice for this. You're not going to fight a bull, man. I, I don't know how you get – I mean, these goddamn things are Corriente bulls, and they I think they actually sharpen the horns for them. Oh, geez, really? I don't know. Maybe they cool. should, if they, yeah. you know. Increase the price of stupidity. <laughs> All right, Joe. Take video. Think about doing other things. <laughs> All right. That's not the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever heard, but it's close. Hi, Rip. I'm a 31-year-old male, 6 feet tall, 176 pounds. 6 foot, 176. No major injuries or surgeries. I've been training as a boxer for the past couple of years. Since the gyms reopened in April in the UK, been allowed to go to the gym in the UK. I've been training using the obvious linear progression. For the record, I'm doing the program exactly as written and starting strength and seeing good steady progress. Hardest part so far has been eating, sleeping enough, duty working 12-hour days, five to six days a week. <clears throat> well, at least you've got a job, yep. right? After I gain sufficient strength, which you defined in a previous podcast, I want to start training the Olympic lifts. I wondered if you plan on breaking down a correct technique for the Olympic lifts the same way you did for the primary barbell lifts and starting strength. A lot of us would benefit from your approach. I am not going to write a book about Olympic weightlifting. No. There aren't enough people that would buy it to make it worth the time the extensive amount of time it would take to write that book. And you can get everything you need about the Olympic lifts out of the power clean chapter in the blue book. Talk about the power clean and the power snatch in good detail in, uh, in that book. And I, I devote a whole bunch of time talking about the jerk. All right. So, uh, and we've got videos on all the, all, the All that <laughs> Olympic stuff's on the on the website. Your biggest problem is, is man, you've starved yourself almost to death here. Six foot, 176. You look like the guy with the black cloak and the scepter and shit that walks around and kills people and shit. Bones sticking out of the fucking sleeves and, you know, 
claws for hands and shit. <laughs> uh, man, go to a, go get something to eat. All right, don't worry about the Olympic lifts. Go get something to eat. Why have you been training as a boxer if you want to be an Olympic lifter? Make up your mind, man. You're just indecisive, aren't you? Your mother's told you that before. All right. This will be the last one, of course. I'm Andrea. Andrea. But spelled A-N-D-R-E-E-A, and I don't know if that's a boy or a girl. I guess the fact that I think it matters whether it's a boy or a girl makes me a... A N D R E A. That's Andrea. That's a girl. A N D R E E. Oh, two E's. E E. Andrea. A Andrea. Andrea. That's gotta be a female. So the fact that I can't pronounce this Romanian name means that I am a racist. Of course, implied. And you're privileged. And I'm privileged because it's my show, and if I want to mispronounce this individual's name. I will. Yeah. Now that's privilege. Yep. All right. Been following. Uh, let's see. Is there Andrew writing from Romania, country of the Romanian deadlift? Little <laughs> smiley thing. Uh, still, my question refers to conventional deadlift. This time, I've been following starting strength principles you share on YouTube and some of the podcasts. Of course, I really appreciate the very technical and to the and to the point information as well as the entertainment you provide. Thirty-five year old female, ah, easy. and I've started strength training almost two years now. Three sessions a week, minus some two to three months during lockdown when gyms were closed. Lockdown. That's yes. what they do to prisons when there's a riot. Yep, they throw that switch down on the first floor and all the doors. Lockdown. That's what that means. God help you if you're standing in the door at the time. You're fucked. And quarantine is what they do to sick people. Right. Sick people. Somehow. Quarantine. Somehow it's normal for everyone to be both locked down and quarantined. Quarantine. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've been experiencing tearing. Now, let me back up. 35 year old female started trying to lock down, do conventional deadlifts, low bar squats, bench, and overhead. I am. Currently at 105 kilo conventional deadlift, 90 kilo squat is main working sets. Question is relative to deadlift. I've been experiencing tearing of my training tights right above the knee, obviously from bar friction. Uh, that's on the, uh, so it's above the kneecap at the bottom of the quad, uh, it's already been two pairs in two months' time, so it's not a one-time thing. Though I have seen a lot of videos and information shared about avoiding hurting in the shins while deadlifting, I've not seen anyone else ask about something similar. Uh, this is why I am wondering if it's just me and maybe just bad form-related, thinking about getting some knee sleeves, but I'm unsure if this will help. I think if you are doing this, if you're mashing the bar so hard into your thigh, your distal thigh, the lower part of your quad, 
as you're coming up through the top of the deadlift, then you have a forearm problem, and I could just damn near guarantee you that what's going on is you're getting up over the top of the knee and you're leaning back and laying the bar down on top of the thigh and hitching it up your legs. Uh, you think of another way to do that? Yeah, she's standing up too soon. She She's either rocking back, leaning back, she's, or she's just opening her hips too quickly. She needs to push the floor. You, either way, either way, th- she, you stay out over the bar longer than what you're doing. All right. She also you, could be lowering the bar by just dropping her hips first and actually just catching herself. Right yeah, but that's the middle of the thigh. She wouldn't be catching the catching the bar, dropping it on top of her patellas. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen. Uh, I think she just got a forearm problem, and I think you ought to. Uh, post a video to a coach and, and get this straightened out. It could be your lumbar is in flexion too. You know, because a lot of times that kind of a layback during a deadlift is associated with a round lumbar spine. Uh, I don't think it's your sweats. I don't think it's anything other than you doing the deadlift wrong, and I think you want to probably get that straightened out before you hurt yourself instead of just wearing out some more sweats. All right? Uh long time ago, I had a pair of uh, gray sweats that I had uh, uh, a couple of pieces of heavy, slick, nylon upholstery material sewed onto the front of. And I wore those things to pull in for probably eight years. And I, I did that specifically so I wouldn't wear out the front of the sweats. Because that does happen, you know. But uh, and it was it was easier to pull in them because of the the material was slicker than the than the mostly cotton of the gray sweats. It was like nylon upholstery material, like automotive upholstery material, real tough. You could do that, but I I think the real quick real situation here is your your deadlift form. So look at it from that perspective, okay? All right. Can we talk about how you owned a pair of gray sweatpants for eight years? That's impressive. Yeah. That's how I kept them that long. I protected them from getting torn up. You know, I didn't wear them out to the bars either. I just used them when I I was training. (laughs) Bars. So, you notice that uh, Monkey's got his little buddy over here, Bok Choi. That's Bok Choi, the chicken. Bok Choi, mm-hmm. Steph. She made him. She gave him birth. Well, she birthed me one. She birthed him. <laughs> well, she birthed me one. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask her. Bok 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 Choi, Bok 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 Choi. It's not about the vegetable. It's about what chickens say, <laughs> right? That's Bok Choi's, and that's, that's the monkey's new friend, right? So. uh That having been said, we will see you next week on Starting Strength Radio.